This is my Bible. It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Amen. So let's go to the scripture. And that's Luke chapter 12, verses 29 through 32. And it reads, Do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all of these things the nation of the world seek after, and your fathers knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all of these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You, you may be seated. The title of this morning, this message today, is Available 24-7 for God purpose. For God pleasure, it says there. But pleasure can be translated purpose. I know it already hit me, y'all. Y'all saying, Brother David, ain't that a little bit too hard? Ain't that a 24-7 be available for God? Okay. But what I'm talking about is our spiritual posture, our attitude, our frame of mind. So I'm not talking about a, a physical thing, but I'm talking about a spirit thing. So every day you wake up, God comes in your mind. You can be riding down the street, God comes in your mind. You can be sleeping and dreaming. God comes in your mind. So that's what I'm talking about, 24-7. And the word available, when I read this meaning, it should cover everybody in here, okay? Meaning, available means present and ready for use. It also means capable of being used. It also means accessible. It also means qualified and ready to serve. Okay, so that at least should have got everybody because we all are here. Okay, and if we're not accessible, and I'm looking out, so please don't, don't call, cross your arm. That tells me you're not accessible. So don't nobody know. But we're all here present, okay? And we need to be able and available to be used. But see, there's a lot of people that's already qualified and ready to serve. And those qualified ready to serve, I should have heard a hallelujah. I should have heard a thank you, Jesus. Because the one that know God and serving God, we got to be an intercessor for the people that God trying to contact to do his will and things are getting in the way. Okay? My objective is to encourage the saints of God to be available and ready to take the assignment God has for you. See, a lot of things get in our way. Okay? A lot of things that God gave us getting out of the way. See, but the Bible tells me that everything that God gave us by the hand of God. is by the hand of God. So we got to be very careful. Because sometimes we get caught up with living the good life that we let our guards down and allow material concern to distract us from our primary goal of seeking the total lordship of God. 
Hear what I say? Ain't that true? God gave us some things, and when God come to us and say, hey, preacher, grill, I mean, I'm going to mess with the preacher. I ain't going to mess with nobody else. Because I know he's doing God's will. Preacher Griff, I need you to do something for me. And we do just like Adam did. We do just like Moses did. That what he gave to him to make an excuse. God told Adam to do something. What he said? It was that woman you gave me. Moses was instructed by God to go down to Egypt. He started talking about his mouth. You know, I get tongue-tied. I'm not a good speaker. And God got so upset with him, he said, okay, okay, okay. Sometimes God will give you a second chance. Okay, okay, okay. Your brother Aaron is on the way to see you. He's going to be your mouthpiece. He's going to be your spokesman. All you got to do is tell him what I said, and he's going to tell the people of Israel. So we got to be very, very careful what God gives us. We don't use it as a crutch to say, God, I can't do something. I'm going to bring y'all up to date. I'm going to bring y'all up to date what we do. Okay? We got to realize the material possession will not bring security, peace, or deliverance. It won't. It won't. God knows that all this money we done made, all these nice houses that we live in, it's because of our labor. He blessed us. It's our labor, but it don't go no further than that. No, you ain't going to take it with you. And over in Ecclesiastes, it talk about that. I ain't going to go there, but when you get time, go to Ecclesiastes and see. It don't matter how much you do, is that you got to go meet the Father. And the one you leave it to, it not might be as a good steward as you is. So we need to get a hold of something that don't change. There's nothing wrong with leaving an inheritance. So I'm not trying to tell everybody, go sell your possessions and be a missionary. So y'all smile and ease up a little bit. Come on. Come on, smile and ease up a little bit. Because Sister Davis and I have signed a contract to buy a new home. So I ain't going to be up here and be no hypocrite. But what I am going to do to put it in its proper space. I'm going to sit out on the lanai and not worry about what he gave me. But I'm still going to be open to his voice, to his instruction, to his will. See, it all have a place. And when I go, I hope she put me in the Memorial Cemetery in Jacksonville. She ain't got to spend no money. So but what I'm saying is, let's get real. Let's get real. So the provisions in life follow. See, this is it. We think because we got something, and if you were brought up in the prosperity ministry, it was the more you give, the more God gives to you, the more blessed you are. Okay? That's the way that rolls. And a lot of people roll that way because they don't want to hear the, the holiness. Be like Christ. Okay, I want an artificial blessing by material stuff. So when I look at myself, I'm somebody. But let me finish for a minute. I was talking to my sister about that, Sister Robin. Telling her that I don't see things that that important. Because all I had, I was poor, and all I had was love. And all I had was somebody telling me in my ear that you can be somebody. 
And because we didn't have nothing, I didn't attach, I had to have something to be somebody. So what God is saying, he's telling you, you don't need all that stuff to be somebody. All you need to do is be available for me 24-7 so I can use you for my pleasure and my purpose. Because the provision in life follow those whose priorities are concerned with God's way, his work, and his purpose. Let's look at the scripture. We're there now. And it says, do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink. Or have an anxious mind, a doubtful mind. A doubtful mind. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For all these things the nation of the world seek after. And your father knows what you need these things. So this frame of mind that I'm talking about dominates the thoughts of the unbelievers all over the world. Now I can tell you, I know it because I don't live long enough. You know, I don't got over on that track sometimes. So I ain't talking about what I don't know. I'm talking about people lose their focus on God and get off on a track that they think bring happiness. But God said, the sinner thought, not our thought, should be that way. So I just want to clarify that. But seek the kingdom of God and all the things shall be added to you. Above all, above all else, seek the kingdom of God. Then Jesus go and said, do not fear. Because fear is going to come in there a little bit. So if your faith ain't up full, your fear going to come in there a little bit. But do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So what he's saying, don't be afraid because it's God. Give God great happiness to take care of us. Okay? And what it says is uh, in that when he's talking about fear not, not fear, little flock. Fear not. Jesus was speaking to the apostle and the first believer. See, I'm a believer. It don't say I'm a Christian. It says I'm a believer. And a believer's mindset is unshakable. It's going to believe the word. But we live in a world that where Christianity is watered down with so many levels. People pick and choose what they want to do for God. And that makes them feel like I'm serving God. But we can't pick and choose. We got to eat the whole roll. We got to eat the whole roll, the whole word of God. And, go, and it was for the first believer. The genuine believers were small in number in comparison to unsaved and false Christians. That's like that today, isn't it? We're small in number. And, but that was true, true who followed Jesus compared with the multitude who professed to love him. The fans, therefore the events. Like today, I believe all of us can say that we love Jesus. Raise your hands if we love Jesus. Come on. If ain't nothing wrong with y'all, raise your hand. All of us can say we love Jesus. But do we have the faith to be the vessel that God can use to do his will? And that was those believers. Okay, so we got to be in that group. So you see, God don't need a reserve force to call up in case they're casual. He don't need a reserve force. All of us is on his first team. We're in the starting lineup. And he never lost the battle. And he gave us the victory through Christ Jesus. When I was growing up, we worked so hard not to be on the second team. 
in sport. I played basketball. My wife can attest to this. I didn't get good when I started playing for the, the base team. The skill was already in me because of the work I put in. And by the time I got in the Air Force, God seen me playing, he said, hey, I want you on my base team. And one time, I was on there, but I quit. I'm telling you why I quit. I quit. The reason I quit was because in the military over there in England at the time, they used to go to all of the clubs after the game. Friday, you know, you're going to go to the club on Saturday, you know. And I'm around here professing I'm saved. And everybody coming at me, come on, man, come on, man, come on, man. And you go up in there like I ain't going to drink nothing. And you mess around there. Again. That's the worst thing you can do. You better just be by yourself and be with the Lord. Because then you can't go back the next day and tell them about Jesus. So I quit. The next time they came around, I was strong. Because came, they came back the second team, the second time. The coach and the assistant coach came to my house. I told them, I ain't playing. See? The, the, uh, the, uh, the what's call them that your wife have over you? The influence? They know how to get a, a man. Go talk to the wife. Go talk to the wife. And they came up in there. I'm sitting up in there. Like, I said, I ain't playing because y'all got to ask my wife. See, I made an excuse. Like we do with God. Come on. I made an excuse. And they came in there all sad eyes, a chief coaching, a, a, a lieutenant captain. They come up in there and say, you going to let him play? She looked at me and put it back on me. If he want to play. But I had to make sure I was all right with her because this thing took me away from my family for weekends. And I know she got upset when I left because she did, because things was going on. We're going to get to that. But what I'm saying is that out in the world, we don't want to be second fiddle to nothing. Okay? So we can't be second fiddle when we come in God. We can't look at a group of people and say, these are the people that's working for God, and I'm going to sit back and be in the reserve force. There is no reserve force. So we either got to be ready and available to do God's will. If not, we got to go to God in prayer. We got to lift that thing up to him. You see, God has always got an open spot on his roster. And he's looking for people who are willing and willing to use his pleasure, to, to be used for his pleasure, to give us the brick victory and give God the glory. So often, people let their fears get in the way of serving God. The dis disciple was no different. So we think the disciple, because they had believers in them, front of their name, they didn't have any fears when it came to material possession, when it came to the necessity of a life, when it came to taking care of their body needs. But they dealt with some of the same disquieting and perfection fears that trouble people today. Something, uh, the disquieting fear is to deprive us of peace and rest, worry, mental strain, perplexing, that cause confusion and doubt. They deal with the same thing. They deal with a present of getting, a present 
I feel a present warmth. Anybody dealing with that? Don't raise your hand. I'm just asking a question. I, pre, I fear a present warmth. Worried about what's going on, we bring it up today. There are people worried about what's going on in the housing market. They're worried about the stock market. They're worried about the price of food. They're worried about the price of gas, the necessity of life. They're worried about the political environment of the nation. We don't need to worry about them things. We know that God is in control, so our mind should be free from them things. You ever been around somebody that something happens, and you know they're Christian, and they bring it up with fear? You can tell it's in their voice. You know, you heard about it, you heard about it, you heard about it. Yeah, I heard about it, but I know I serve a God, and my footsteps are ordered by him. And I know that his word is a, it's a lamp to my feet. You know, it's a light to my feet and a lamp to my path. So if we got that and we got God word in us, then we don't have to worry about the things of the world. They had a fear of future suffering, a fear of death. I feel that they would not find acceptance in God. I feel falling from God. However, Jesus, our Savior, the good shepherd, was with them. He defended them, provided for them, and led them to green pastor beside still water. Also, God was their friend. God was their friend. When you got the Almighty as your friend, he will provide. He provided for them, and he gave them the purpose to go and seek his kingdom. So God is no respecter person. Some people feel like, God, I don't know if you can use me. God, I don't know if I'm ready. But he's no respecter person. If he does something for one of his children, he would do it for all. See, because a lot of times we look at people that we say they got it going on. We look at them, we look at their continent, and we don't know what they went through to get to that. And if you go ask them, they will tell you, I went through this, and you'll be like, wow. But they sought God, and God brought them through it. So if you're in that position, you don't feel like I'm just doing, not doing what God wants me to do, and God, you know my heart. We say that a lot of times. Give that thing to God and let him work it out. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Ephesians 6 and 16 say, above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. The shield of faith. It's also, if you're in close quarter with the enemy, the shield of faith is also a weapon. Y'all done been watching them movies when them guys come hand-to-hand, come back. That guy got his shield. He done lost the sword of the spirit. They've been fighting. He was on the ground. He take his shield. He take his shield and club him right side the head. Don't be afraid. And if the enemy is coming down on you, don't be afraid to take a knee and put your shield on and be protected. It'll quench the fiery dust of the enemy. I'm telling you, y'all, we got some weapons, and we know we got the sword of the spirit to use against the enemy. Speak when things are in your life. We got the faith to speak those things as not as though they were. 
You know, we didn't have prayer this week. Because a lot of things are going on in Strider. 8 o'clock prayer in the morning. 8 o'clock prayer in the afternoon. And when I saw that, and preparing this message, I said, Lord, every time somebody is coming in and being an intercessor and leading, you know, like Moses, Moses was the inter intercessor in the children of Israel because of what they had done. My spirit say, if they're seeking me 24-7, they're all ready to come before the throne. They're all ready to come before the throne. And I thank God for that, that we don't have to go through a mediator, okay? We can go straight to him. And a sister preached a message says, we got a direct line to Jesus. And it, I just hope it ain't a party line. When I was growing up, we got on the phone, and the people that couldn't, in the projects, and the people that couldn't, find, couldn't handle buying the phone, a direct line, you had the capability of sharing with somebody. And I went in this person's house one time, I said, man, let me use your phone. He said, it's right over there. I went over there and picked the phone up. And on the other end, you could hear when somebody picked the phone up. See, if we had a party line, we wouldn't be able to get to Jesus if somebody's already on the line. We had a direct line because of Jesus It's the door. He said, you don't get to the Father except by me, and we got God in our heart. So whatever we need, we can go straight to the Father. Give God a hand for that. Come on now. Come on. Hallelujah. But see, the party line allowed people to hear what you was talking about. Yeah, they got your business. If they did it smooth enough, well, you didn't hear the click. But you ain't got to worry about nobody else getting your business. And God got it. He cast it as far as the east from the west. Because he says there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So what I'm trying to get you to do is to build, let your spirit be built up in such a way that you don't feel down. That you don't feel less than. That you know that when I get up, God is going to say something to me that want to use me to do something for him. I think Mr. was talking about that last week. It's not all for us. It's not all for us. All the stuff God done gave you, all the stuff he done poured into you, it's to help people. Because I wouldn't be here because if somebody would have kept what God gave them, I wouldn't be here. So it's not only about just having faith. It's about moving when God tells you to move. Turn to Isaiah 6 and 23. And this is one of the ways we're going to be available for, available for God 24-7 for his purpose, for his will. And it says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind stayed on you because he trusts in you. Whose mind stayed on you. I got a this thing right here can help us. This right here. Everybody got one of these. We feel naked without it. We go back and get it if we leave it. But we shouldn't feel naked. 
Because God should be able to take you through that day. You know, when you get to where you're going, get on that line, that connect, and say, I made it. See, years past, we didn't have none of these. I went to work, and I was out on the floor working. And she called, and they said, your wife called. I said, I'm working. You know, I couldn't take a break. But when I took a break, I called her up. But this right here is one of the tools God gave us to keep our mind stayed on him. I got an app in here. I done got old, y'all. I got an app in here. And I said it at a certain time to remind me to get up and pray. If I get up and pray, my mind stays on him. But if I get busy and don't pray, I wasted a day. I wasted a day of being available. Because when you pray to God, he ain't going to just let you pray and get up. He's going to show you something. He's going to tell you something. He's going to tell you to call somebody. He's going to tell you to pray for somebody. He's going to tell you to look out for something. He's going to tell you, you're going to see me in this. So our mind has got to stay on him. When I was a teenager, I didn't know a lot about life. Well, I didn't have much. But when you're dating, you don't understand life. Okay? You don't think you got to have nothing. You just think you just got to look good. Until you find out later, that don't hold true. You just think you should dress up, put on your best clothes, and you get in the mirror and do this right here and wear that afro out there like Michael Jackson had and go down the street like this here. I'm just being real. You can get a girl. It works. But then when you got one that you really like, I can talk about this because I've been married 45 years, y'all. She know I love her. I'm talking about them things God delivered us from. Okay? And when you got a girlfriend and you had that line, you got on the phone. My mind, your mind, stayed on her. Okay? Because you had to talk to her. That's all prayers. But you'll be on that phone talking about so long you start repeating yourself. <laughs> you tell her, I love you. She come back, I love you. You come back, I love you more. I love you more. I love you with all my heart. <laughs> Didn't we do it? Yes. Especially if you thought you was a player. You had all kind of words. But this is the point I'm making. If we love God, we need to go down on our knees and talk to him. Say it again. Somebody say it. Tell him. Tell him you love him. And the bad thing about that, I, look, I think about it now, my grandmama, she was very strict. And when she got old, she'd go to sleep. And I'd get on the phone, right, be downstairs. She'd be upstairs. God, I guess God would wake her up, say, go down there and get that boy off the phone. He's asleep. <laughs> I'd be there, girl talking to you. Yeah, yeah, bad, bad, bad. And then you get up off the phone, you got to wipe your mouth because you've been drooling. <laughs> it's all right to talk to God for him to put you to sleep. 
It's all right that you talk to him in your sleep. You see, that's why I'm standing here, because he talked to me in my sleep. I was on vacation having a good time. Running from God, though. Just running from God. Get on up in a nice hotel up on the top floor. Can look down over the river in Savannah and all that stuff, just having a good time. But God came to me and he showed me that I was standing right down there in a congregation just bringing the word. And my wife hit me, boom, boom, boom. What's wrong with you? I said, God got me preaching in my sleep. If God ever come to y'all, be real. If he ever come to you and he showed you something to do, instead of you getting up with your mind stayed on him, praying about it, because you know if you pray about it, he's going to require you to do something about it. So what you do is just turn on the other side. Turn on the other side. So when I wake up, I can't even remember what I dreamed. We got to let God talk to us to use us, after our mind stayed on him 24-7, we can be available. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, true faith in God brings assurance and peace to our soul in all circumstances of prosperity and adversity. The test is not when we got everything going on that's good. That ain't the test of your faith. That ain't the test that you trust God. So when I got everything going on good, I'm just going to roll. You know, I don't think God done gave me enough, and I don't need no more. But God brought this to my spirit. When Lorraine and I retired, we started a, a fitness plan, walking every day, you know, Walking every day. She was doing more days than me. Saturday and Friday were my day off. That sister was getting up, walking on Saturday. But as I started walking, I got a little sore, you know. But in my mind, I, I had a fixed mind. That's all stayed is on God is. It's a fixed thought. It's a fixed thought. And I had a fixed thought. If I just keep going... I get past the pain, and then my body will start receiving all that exercise, and I see a result. And as I was walking one day, I guess a lady was talking to a kid. He all kind of things out there, and he asked her. He asked her. I guess she was talking to him about bears and hibernation. And he came out. I was like, it shocked me. And he came out. They was walking, and he came out and said, Mama. Do people hibernate? I want to holler out so bad. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They fall asleep on God. You see, hibernation is nothing but you collect everything you need, you know, for that period that you're not going to be connected with reality. You're not going to be connected with God. You see, God give us the words sometimes. If I get enough love, if I get enough he's taking care of me, if I get enough that everything he gives us, we bless, I can put that in my spirit, then I can go hibernate on God. But see, that ain't it. 
is you hibernate on God, you're going to miss something. All that time from when the bear go into hibernation to the time he gets up, it gets up and go and do his thing, time has passed. So if we don't keep our minds stayed on Jesus and trust him on the Lord, stayed on the Lord that, with that fixed thought, something's going we're going to miss. You see, God give us stuff, and we say it's ours, you know. But then when God, God ain't going to let a person stop his will from being done. And then when he give it to somebody else, the Holy Spirit comes back and say, I wanted to use you. But we got the other people that's on the first team. We ain't got nobody coming in to substitute for you. So we need to be about doing his business. You see, I'm going to read this scripture right here. Because God is all-nipotent, all-powerful, and he undertakes our causes. A cause is what's stopping us from doing what we need to do. Give that cause to God, bring it to his throne, and let him handle it. Our houses, we tell God, I can't do this because I got to clean my house. Our cars, I need a new car. He give you a new car. Then we go, the price of gas. Then we go, my children. So everything God give us, we use it as an excuse to not to be available to receive what he has for us. And what I want to say about prosperity and adversity is, is that how do we hold up when things are not going our way? During the praise and worship and testimony service that took place, last month, I heard some awesome testimony on how God came through in time of adversity. And the theme of all of those testimonies was they trusted him for healing. He gave them a peace of mind in the worst condition, which kept them, their spirit, from being damaged. See, we can hurt this, this stuff right here. But God gave us a spirit that can't be destroyed. But sometimes people don't understand that, and they want to throw up the towel. They want to give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Please don't give up. Just trust God and, and keep your mind stayed on him. Let's go to Colossians 1, 9, and 10. It says, Colossians 1, verse 9 and 10, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you walk worthy, of the, walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Paul, Paul is praying and he's exhorting the Colossians to walk, to be active. We have to walk to be active in our calling. We have to walk suitable to dignify of our calling and the purity of God. So when I was talking about that holiness, we can't walk in such a way that we're going to disqualify ourselves and then look at God and ask God to do something for us. We have to have that character of purity, of holiness. And so I'm glad we're in a ministry 
that stands on that. I am. So we got to do this thing when no one is looking. Some folks in the body get caught up in some compromising situation. If you're looking out there, you see people getting caught up in things. It's because the mind is not stayed on Jesus. And they're not focusing on what God wants them to do. And the flesh comes in and take control. And we don't want that to happen to us. As long as we focus on him and increase in his knowledge. That says right here. To increase in his knowledge and to do everything unto pleasing God. That he will be pleased with the time, with the motive, and the act. Because he knows our hearts. You ever made a vow or made a promise to God that you're going to do something if he did this for you? You ever did that? I heard somebody say, hmm, hmm. Yeah, we all done did that one. But that ain't what God is looking for from us. You know, he already knows when we come to him, he knows our desires and our needs. You know, but it's like this. My grandmother was raising me, right? And, and we do this. My grandmother was raising me, and I was in the house with my uncle, three years older, and my other uncle was seven, eight years older. And my grandmother would always call my name when she wanted something done. My name, you know. So when you're small, you, you're glad to do it. She had me doing everything from thread and needles she couldn't see, from hanging out clothes, from sweeping, from doing everything in the house. And I got old enough, and when we get old enough sometimes, when God is used enough, we get the big head, you know. And one day she called me, and I said something to myself. I said, why is she calling me? Somebody else in the house. I said that to myself. But I didn't understand the real reason she was calling me. She was calling me because, and I found this out the last time I visited my mom. Right? Yeah, I said, I talked to her. I said, Mama, you know, your mama taught me a lot of stuff. She's talking about, yeah. Talking about she had a talk with me and said, you did everything right that she said to do. So it came to my mind. I said, wow, that's what she was calling me. So when God has got you doing something, it's because you're doing it like he asked you to do it. Give God a hand for that. Don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get weary. Don't get slack. Don't say, Lord, you can use somebody else. All you got to do is be available 24-7 for his pleasure and his purpose. And he'll make the provisions for you. I'm almost done. I I got six minutes. Hmm. Glory to his name. But what the God says, though, this also talk about we do everything to please him. And he's looking at our our manner, our time, and our motive. But he wants us to be fruitful. Okay? Because God sowed a good seed, he expects to get a, a good fruit in return. See, we think when we get saved, we can come sit on God, but he sold a good seed, and that was Jesus. What did Jesus, we just follow his example with all he went through, obedient even unto death. We understand salvation is not where to come in and get your name on the road, but it's to follow after Jesus. To imitate Jesus. So what this is saying that we cannot be harmless in this walk. Because harmlessness is insufficient. 
What that is, you don't intend to offend. You see somebody going down the street, you see your brother doing things, you see other people doing things, people just profane language all in front of God because you are harmless, you don't want to tell them who you serve because you're afraid that if I tell them who I serve, then I'm going to be ostracized. I ain't going to be liked. But you know what? God will give you a friend. God is going to give you somebody like you. And when you team up, then you're powerful. So don't worry about the world, say. It's our job to put Jesus out there and let it touch people to change their lives. So coming in, getting saved, and just staying there is not in our best interest. So long as we keep moving for God, we're going to be okay. So in the way of keeping your mind stayed on Jesus, it's one way we're going to stay active 24-7. And the other way is to increase in the knowledge of God through the word, reading your Bible. And the other way that we're going to stay in his, for his purpose and his glory to, to be on and available for 21-7 is to commit your ways to the Lord. That's a hard one. And your thoughts shall be established. We must give all of our actions and concerns to God and depend on his divine direction for assistance and success. Then our thoughts will become steady. See, if we give our thoughts to him, our works, then our thoughts will become steady. You know, we won't be all this fluctuating. We'll become calm. We'll become resolute in what God asks us to do. And we'll be joyful through the peace that comes from our faith. That's a lot of things that's packed up right there. You just keep those things with you, then, and implement them in your life through God, then he's got a powerful soldier. The fourth scripture and the final scripture is coming out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Because our kingdom that we have in heaven eternally can't be shaken in this earthly kingdom where rust and moss get on our possession and thieves break in, it could change in a day. What you have today and the value of it and what you thought you had when you go look at your bank account can change in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. So this place is not our home. Enjoy what God gave you, but be ready to serve him 24-7. Because we're around here complaining now what Putin did. When he did that, the stock market said, okay, we're going to you know, take a little bit of your money. But see, if your trust is in God, you ain't worried about that. Because he is the sustainer. He will supply your every need. And you're still just as calm and resolute to change God. You hadn't got off in the corner and said, God, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Because you know that God is protecting you. 
He's keeping you. And he's doing all that because our kingdom is unshakable. An unshakable kingdom means that ain't nothing that comes in your way can take what you got. So we continue to serve God and work toward getting to that unshakable kingdom. He's going to be pleased. He's going to be pleased. We got to hold fast to grace whereby we may serve God and in every thought, work, or word. So we do that. God is going to bless us. And I'm thanking y'all for listening to me this morning. And I thank y'all for, I saw some smiles. And I'm going to thank God that the word did come to your spirit. And that you hold on to the word and go with God. Let's go in closing. Let's go to God. Father God, I thank you, God, for being the great God you are, for Jesus dying on the cross. And, Father God, I thank you that you allowed your people to hear your word. And, Father, I pray that the word touch their heart, and, Father, that they're ready to receive of you. So my first appeal is, if there's anybody at the sound of my voice needs salvation, raise your hand. You know him. Is there anybody that wants to become a member of the church? Striving is a, a great church. We got a great pastor. And there is no bench players. That's the motto in striving. There is no bench players. Everybody, pastor wants to come in with a talent because your talent will make room for you. So is there anybody that wants to be a call, come a part of the body of striving? Raise your hand. I see no hand. Is there anybody that needs prayer this morning? Please raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. What I'm going to do is pray for you right now. Father God, I thank you, Father God, for your servants, God, that heard your word, God. Father God, that the word has touched them, Father God. And Father God, they know that you are all powerful, God, and you're able to meet their every need. Father the God, even though I don't hear what they're praying about, you do. Because, God, you are everywhere. Father God, you said, come boldly through the throne of grace. Father, that we may attain mercy and find grace in time of need. And Father God, I know that, Father, you see their needs right now. And you will supply their needs according to your riches and glory. And Father God, I ask the Father that spiritually, God, God, Father God, that you build them up right now in the name of Jesus. That they will keep their focus on you, Heavenly Father. Father, that they will seek you, Father, for everything they need, Father God. God, you said there's nothing too hard for you, God. So Father God, I ask you to speak to them right now, Father God. Calm them, Father God, right now, Father God. Father, that you will lead and guide them through your Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father. And Father, that you give them the ability with all power, God, to have a faith of a grain of mustard seed, to speak those things as not as though they were. So, Father God, I speak right now. I speak health in their life. I speak love, God, in their life. I speak joy. I speak peace, God. Father, I speak that they will hear your word and go forth. Father, that a seed will come through them, Heavenly Father. Right now, in the name of Jesus. And, Father, that there will be a light in their families, God. And, Father, that the people will see a difference in them, Father God. 
in their walk, in their life, God, and begin to give you the glory. And Father God, I thank you right now in Jesus' name. And that's one other thing I want to ask. Anybody? I think we can do this now still. Does anybody want to learn anything about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Okay, I see no hand. So let me just close out in prayer. Father God, I thank you for this time you allowed us to all come together. Father, I know it's not by chance, but it has been ordained. And I thank you, God, as we continue to go forth in your word, Father, that more of your people, God, will seek your face, trust you, God, to meet their every need. And we thank you for Jesus who died on the cross, God, for his triumph entering to Jerusalem. He knew, God, what we're facing him. And in the face of things that we face, God, we won't, Father, decline the assignment that you give us. We'll have the strength, we'll have the faith, we'll have the, Father God, the courage to do what you ask us to do because we know that you will make time for us to do it. Because you have a purpose, God, a pleasure, God, and our pleasure is to give us the kingdom. So all we have to do is be obedient to your word and go forth to represent you. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen.